morning. It's your first time. Jesus. <laughs> Do you know how many cars are in the ditch after <laughs> you blasting that? Holy Christ, dude. It's intense. Can I do it again to get people pumped up? Yeah, get everyone psyched. Tonight, Seth Macy and Aaron Manis discuss not only photography, but the mindset. (laughs) On the Photographer Mindset Podcast. Wow. <laughs> That's how you start a show. Wow. I'm getting ready that, for number 100. Let me just check my Fitbit and see oh, what my heart rate is. It's probably 148. A modest 148. Holy Christ. We got to get you to do the episodes all the time, the intros. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> you know why else I am psyched? Tell why me. else my heart rate is that high is because we're coming up on triple digits, my dude. A hundred pounds. You finally became a hundred. I finally pounds. became a hundred pounds. Yep. No, we're coming up on a hundred episodes. Holy, hundred episodes! So many episodes. And I think you've been here for half of them. Have you taken a week off ever? I have not taken a week off in a hundred weeks. Or well, so, right. This is this is episode ninety-eight. So ninety-eight weeks, I haven't taken a week off. Wow. So you're almost at two years straight. You know what, though? I hmm. think I don't forgive me, people who think I repeat things a lot. We've been over this. Repeating things is good. Mother, repetition is the mother of skill. But when part of this show for me was it's an act of discipline, like I'm going to do it week in, week out, regardless of how I feel, especially now because there's more at stake. Like there's a lot of people who look forward to the show, right? So it's, it's become bigger than just me talking. You're on yeah. now. It's got yeah. a lot more meaningful. So we're coming, up on, sure. we're coming up on 100 episodes. Don't know how long. I'm, it's impossible to give an answer of how long this show will go, hopefully for a very, very long time. 1,000 episodes. Could you imagine? Oh my God. <clears throat> but I think, I, I think for people who want to know that the show is here to stay, we're really just starting to get cooking. I think that's true. We're coming up on 100 episodes, and Aaron, we're going to be... What are we doing? We're going to do a couple things. Um, Number one, we're going to ask people. We are asking. I guess I'm currently asking right in the now. We're going to ask people to send uh, voice memo questions to Seth or I, which we are going to play on the 100th episode, and they they can... Go from photography to mindset to life to jokey to personal stuff. I mean, we can filter through it. But uh, any sort of questions, you're going to voice DM us and we're going to play them on the show. So you're going to get some airtime. Share your handle, share who you are and ask your question. We're going to answer it the best that we can. And we're going to have a little bit of fun with that. Uh, So that's number one. Number Mm -hmm, two. mm -hmm. Do you want me to do number two? I was sharing the space, but. I'll do number two. Number right, do two it, do is it. we will be giving away. Last time we did a giveaway, last blah, that was a tongue twister. Last time we did a giveaway was the one year episode. We gave away a fifty dollars Polar Pro gift card. Fifty Ooh. was close to the number of fifty two, which was the fifty two fifty second episode for a year. We're coming up on a hundred, so we're going to give away a hundred dollars. We're going to give away one hundred dollars to someone. Wow. USD or Canadian, because that makes a difference. Interesting. Interesting. We'll figure that out later. But we're going to give away $100 to a lucky person who shares their favorite episode of the podcast Mm -hmm. and provides a link to it. Either you know how they do the share Spotify at the top, and Mm -hmm. everyone has the link now. You don't have to swipe up and hear Aaron scream. (laughs) Shares the link and tags Aaron and I. And um, you can do up to three episodes just so people don't go absolutely nuts (laughs) and spam like a hundred stories. But that's all you have to do is you have to share an episode, tag Aaron and I, provide a link. You can do it up to three times and you're entered. Each one of those times is one entry. Chance to win a hundred bucks. We'll announce it, I guess, on the hundredth episode. Yeah. And that's starting right now as you're hearing That is starting right now. 
We're keeping track. We are. So that's it. 100 bucks for someone who does that. And we'll do a draw and we'll do it on the 100th episode. As a thank you uh, to all our listeners and for helping us out and helping us grow and spreading the good word, if you will. And, you know, with that, a great transition to, again, for anyone that has donated to the little charitable link that we put in there that helps us to run the show and keep things flowing. Um, so thank you so much, so much, so much for that. That is much appreciated. Seth and I every day are like, wow, like people, some people donated. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It's amazing. I like it. Any amazing. value you feel you receive from our episodes is always greatly appreciated. Yeah. Um, and it helps whether it's the price of a cup of coffee or whether it's a new Lamborghini, you know, we take or all negative, kinds. Negative $20 from Ian. <laughs> For, yeah, that doesn't work, everyone. It was a joke. Yeah. It was a joke. Stop, you can't put in a trying. negative number. Stop. We didn't pay him. I need the Michael work. Jordan soundbite. Stop work. it. It didn't work that way. Stop it. Oh, all right. Man. Well, moving on. Uh, TBM artwork for today. We didn't do TBM artwork for the last couple episodes because if you rem- if you remember when we have guests on, we like to feature their artwork or their photographs. But we're back today. It's just Aaron and I. I know really, really boring dudes. Just kidding. It's just Aaron and I. Um, we're back with TBM artwork. And today we have a snowy owl taken off. Snowy owl season's coming to probably an end in the next month or so. Um, lots of people in our community got tons of snowy owl shots. And my friend Jamie here, um, that's at random shots underscore life and pixels. You can see this photograph that we're talking about if you're listening on Spotify. Jamie's an awesome dude. I've met him before. Actually, a couple of weeks ago was the first time I, I met uh, Jamie. We were both looking at snowy owls and mm-hmm. we're both out at the same time. And he's been killing it this year. Just owl out. I think he gets a snowy owl a day, honestly. And they're they're really great shots. And to get one taken off is pretty cool. So congrats, Jamie. And I don't think he's missed an episode, which is which is awesome as well. So I, I'm, I'm glad to be able to feature his uh, artwork with you today. Yeah, it's a it's an awesome photo. It's full wingspan, uh, not easy to get. And Big claws. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of it. I'm looking through his stuff too. Good stuff. Right. Yeah. And all right, moving into today's episode, I think we're going to do a kind of a different episode. I'm not sure how much it's going to tie. I mean, well, everything does tie into photography because you and I are photographers and. We like to share our headspace and and the way we think and carry ourselves always works its way into our output, you know, our final images and and how efficient we are. So today I think there's is a good point in our world right now to talk about critical thinking, how that's developed, sort of the difference between misinformation and disinformation. I think you, Aaron, we were talking today. There's just so much, there's so many headlines thrown at you of topics of all sorts where it's just so difficult to begin to identify what you're even looking at. And a lot of common biases go with that, that we all fall prey to at times. And so I think today's episode, I want to, again, keep for listeners keep hammering home the importance of self-awareness and knowing yourself and knowing when you're maybe uh, in a certain bias or if you're being duped by myths or disinformation or, or things like that because it has an effect on our overall psyche and how we, how we can carry ourselves and our, our attitude throughout the days, weeks, and, and, and months. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's just apparent everywhere. And we were talking about this and where. I first really noticed it was in the stock market, to be honest, weirdly, you know, um, a few months ago, maybe six months, a year ago, when I started to heavily look into a certain company and I could find that on the same day from the same publication, an article that says why you should buy this stock and Mm -hmm. an article that says why you need to sell this stock. And it became very clear that, like this is just they're just throwing out stories here uh at times to get s- certain attention certain things certain psyches going uh 
where stories can be shared and pushed for certain agendas, where other stories can be pushed for certain agendas, where at the end of the day, they can both say, we were right here, we were wrong there, whatever. But it was just very interesting that from the same company, you, you can have two different articles with valid points saying completely different things about the same other company, same other stock, if you will. So I just think in this day and age with social media, and I fall victim to this all the time where like you see a post that like pulls at your heartstrings and might have certain facts or whatnot. And you just, you like, like robotically it becomes the truth and you share that same post. Right. And now it goes through and, it's your friends, it's your family, and they they see it in a certain way and whatnot. And we've gotten away from a little bit of the critical thinking and like actually looking a bit deeper into uh, stories, statistics, uh, random posts by random people. Like, who are the people that we're resharing stuff from or taking it as like, oh my God, did you see that post? Or I heard this, uh, things like that, you know, and not really taking into account. Uh, actual factual uh, evidence or mm-hmm. journals or sources. Who are the people saying this? What it, did Kim Kardashian post something about? No offense, Kim. I mean, you're great. I know you're listening. I'm sorry. Kanye's not. No, no, Kanye, he wanted to listen to us, but he then called in and was like, I'm not listening to this anymore. <laughs> you don't talk about rap music or anything. Just about photography. Uh, like, sorry, Kanye. Like that. It's not a. It's not about your music. It should be about my music. It's like, oh, right. Well, geez. We'll talk about it next time, right, Colin? <laughs> Colin McGann is a huge Kanye fan. Yeah, tread lightly. Anyways, I digress. But we don't know who's posting what half the time, and we just see the picture. We just see the blurb or the text, and we regurgitate it and send it out there. And especially we just if it fits our narrative. Especially if it fits our narrative, which now, I think is another great point. Point two. Here's here's the thought I was having today. If misinformation fits your narrative or what you believe in, or ultimately probably does serve the greater good, but it's not true, is that harmful to share? Do you understand my question? Is I coherent it, enough with that? What I'm saying is if there's a post or a piece of information that is incorrect, but what it is trying to do ultimately does serve a good cause or good purpose, is the fact that it is incorrect still harmful? I think that depends, but in a way, is it manipulation? Is it... Right. You know, so... Where do you draw the line? Because... That that is going to be different for what is is uh, what is serving good is going to be different for each person. Yeah, and there's these channels that are created through social media. Um, I haven't like I've been on here for two years, and there's there's these moments that I remember where it becomes this overwhelming push towards certain issues. You know, some some huge events in our history, the Russian-Ukraine conflict right now, war is taken over, COVID taken over. Very There's, important issues where it's impossible, nearly impossible to know without physically being in that scenario, what what is going on. Right. And I think that's where it's interesting to your point. So let's let's use religion for a second. If if I'm if I'm Jewish and you're Christian and you post something about Christianity. I can very quickly know my stance and and know your stance and say, oh, that's his thing. That's not for me. But if the the issue is a neutral thing, let's say you posted something about a in-the-middle religion, something that's not even known yet. So it's a new event and you post it and I read it. Now I'm more susceptible to take it for gospel, to take it for, oh, that's interesting, like that's a that's something I haven't heard before. So things like like COVID, like a uh, war between countries, um, protests and conflict and government stuff, where we we are not in it, but we're getting fed 
all this information by certain channels, by the people that we follow, by the the political parties that we follow, the news stations that we follow. It all channels down to this certain viewpoint. And for someone else, it might be a completely different viewpoint. And those, I'm not saying neither one is true nor false, but it's very important to be critical in your thinking because you've set up your boundaries, you've set up your walls on your social media based on likes, who you like, what you like, the things that resonate with you, the the little quotes and the memes. So everything that comes through, social media knows how to filter that into your inbox, into your view, into your diet, if you will. I don't and- get any any advertisements about hunting and uh, you know let's just say like killing animals or, or things like that, or, you know, slaughterhouses or, or meat deals. We don't, I don't get those ads. I get ads about like, uh, you know, a a conservation for wolves or the, the new, you know, uh, photography, whatever, like things that I'm into, that's what is filtered into my brain. So it's very, there's not a lot of conflicting arguments. And what we tend to do with those conflicting arguments is block the person. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I saw something I don't like, blocked, unfollowed, gone. So now we're tightening up those walls even further to just resonate with where we are without stretching our boundaries or our ego or the view of like what is possible in the world and what is available like factually to us. Right. And I I was nodding my head as you went to religion because I had this sort of epiphany moment today that we're in a day and age where select groups of information are the new is the new religion. Yeah. Right? Like thinking a certain way is a religion now. Just like it was 3000 years ago if you went against a certain you know teaching 3000 years ago you were burned alive. Right. And now there's these subcategories where people use the set of information that they're fed on a cycle through these algorithms. That's their new religion. And there's this interesting bias, you know, it's called a third person effect, where it's the idea that we believe ourselves. It almost, it also ties into, you know, a bit of the ego. We believe that other people, are more affected by mass media consumption or information than we are ourselves. Almost like we're, we're better than that. We don't get duped by that. It's like when, saying, when someone says, oh, well, you've clearly been brainwashed by the media or you've clearly been brainwashed by the left or you've clearly been brainwashed by the right. It's this belief that somehow, someway, other people have the ability to be more affected than we do ourselves, which is quite ridiculous. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And with that, I think as as you're, you develop your channels, you develop your your the ego. The ego wants to be right more than anything. The ego is a story of how we view ourselves, how we view the world. It wants to be right. And when the ego is challenged, that's where we get triggered and we get uh, like hurt by it and panicked because if our story is wrong, what else is wrong? So if I feel like I'm very generous and I I give a lot of my time and someone says, you're the most selfish person ever, that could really affect like, oh, what? Like, no. And I have to prove, I try to prove very hard that no, I look, I do this, I do that, I do this to prove that my ego is correct. With that, goes our information, our beliefs about the world, our perception, our the the lens that we go through and look through. And as people challenge our views, if they challenge our religious views, our political views, our left-wing, right-wing views, we have our ego is so strong in this day and age that we immediately we don't listen. We can't hear. We shut them out. You're just an idiot. You're brainwashed. I can't believe you believe in that crap. Like I can't talk to you anymore. I'm we're we're done. 
although I understand moments like that and feelings like that, the the better, mature, healthy response would be, let, let me hear let me hear your reasoning. That person could have a lot of reasons and a lot of different reasons they like certain things. And there might be value to understanding them as a human and their perception and where they brought up or where they went wrong and having a conversation or where they went right and having a conversation and meeting somewhere in the middle at times. I think that's really the biggest issue with these things. It's very, all the news stories are very polarizing. The political parties are very polarizing. You're either a left crazy person or you're a right conservative. Like there's there's very little, like, let me hear your points and I'll share mine and maybe we can come up with a sensible in between. There's very right. little of that. It's more like, you're an idiot. I'm done with you. All right. That's that's a great conversation. That's a great argument. <laughs> like that, right. that's gonna go far. We're gonna we're gonna get very far with that. And that comes down to a lot, you know, another bias, a lot of anchoring. You know, mm-hmm. we rely heavily on the first thing that we, you know, either learn about someone or the first piece of information that we're introduced when trying to make a decision about something. It always seems that that first piece of information is what we like to grab onto. Like in, in your example, when someone gives you know, in a conversation, says something about themselves, that's the first thing you hear. So everything that's, that comes subsequently after that is you've you've already formed an opinion. And this can be about a piece of information that's or a piece of content that has words on it, I'll say. Um, you've already formed a decision on it. It's like it's like when you go to the store or you're online and you see something that says 50% off, oh, it must be a good deal. You know, it must be must be really cheap right now, just because you've already anchored to that first piece of information. I think we tend to do that a lot. And I also want to say, I think the reason this conversation on this podcast is important is because as photographers, we're on our phones so much and we can't avoid it. And it's impossible. If you're going to be on your mobile device, you're going to be served dis and miss information. It's going to happen. And I think we will live in a much more peaceful world when we're able to analyze rather than immediately react and have conversations without exploding. And that all stems from the ability to teach yourself composure and um, self-awareness. Yeah, and... To get to get really deep, which we tend to do sometimes, but taking the, the the universe will hit you with people or events or things that will will trigger you, and in a way, that's a lesson of where you're not free. Like if you if you can't hear someone else's viewpoint without locking down and blocking them out so it does not affect your your world maybe that's something that you could look into the mirror and say like hey where do i need to why am i why am i so affected by someone else's perception of the world that's their story like that's their i mean and i'll tell you why i think it also stems from why people feel the need to share misinformation. It also stems from why when we hear something that goes against our core values or beliefs, why we get so rattled. If, in a perfect world, it'd be so easy to either A, walk away and just not have it affect your day. But think about how much time we spend either messaging someone to vent or or sharing how crazy this, this person is for what they said. We spend a lot of our day angry, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Surrounding that kind of stuff. And I think people do feel that way or do share misinformation because it's it's again out of fear and wanting to protect people they care about or they want to connect with others who are sharing 
a similar feeling or who um, are surrounded, have surrounded their identity around a specific set of information or beliefs. It's, it's fear and that need to belong. I mean, why, if you think backwards, why would somebody share something super, super, something that's super against the grain? It's for one of two reasons or both. It's either to say, hey, look at me, I'm different. I think this way and I think different than everybody else. So I feel superior by sharing this. <clears throat> or it's, hey, everyone in my circle who I really care about, you need to, to consume this because I'm, I'm doing it for your own protection. You know? Mm-hmm. Or it just super resonates with their beliefs. So they're like... Yeah, but it can resonate with you without the need to share is my point. Like the now, need but, to share yeah, the need from, to, yeah, yeah, the need to share does that. But I think it also is like the need to share yeah. is again back to the point of my ego needs to be right. So I have this view about X, Y, and Z. Oh, look, famous person messaged about X, Y, and Z. Boom, automatic share. Because it it validated my belief, it validated my ego. I need to share. Look how look how good I am. So I'm I'm with you with that. I think for the people that see that share and then really react poorly to it or negatively to it, I think then the question becomes, well, back to our famous question: Why? Why are why are we getting so upset with random person on the internet posting something that we need to? block them forever for, for one opinion. Now I've known a few people in my life and I don't share a hundred percent of the same opinions with anyone. I'm sure Seth, you and I, if we really dug deep, have differing opinions to different levels on certain things, we could have a conversation or we could say like, Oh, you're not a perfect match. Uh, we're done. Like I can't, I can't handle you, you know? Right. I, I sent you something the other night and you watched it and you're like, I absolute, I was like, I thought that had some good points. And you're like, that, that was insane. But we had a conversation about it because we're allowed to have different points. I think it's dangerous, not only sharing stuff, but being the person that's like, I'm going to block out all the stuff and just hear what I know. Like that's how, right. that's how we miss huge amounts of things. I remember, I remember thinking this as a young kid when I, I grew up with my mom's Catholic, my dad's Jewish, my mom converted. There's like a lot of religion happening in my life and I'm not very religious, but I remember thinking, all right, my mom believes this, like Christmas and, uh, and, and Jesus as the savior and um, whatever else we got in Christianity. Is that the basics? I think. Yeah. Uh, and then my dad uh, grew up in a Jewish household and the Messiah hasn't come yet. And there's a lot of different holidays and they go by a lunar calendar. Like everything's very different. And I remember thinking at a very young age, if you believe that and you believe that as the truth, then neither can be true. Like, right. If, if every religion stood in a line and was like, no, this is the truth. No, this is the truth. No, this is the truth. And everyone's like, no, well, mine really is. And I'm like, well, everyone thinks that theirs really is, then maybe none are, you know, or maybe it's a combination of the both, but there's probably a lot of common ground between the, the hundreds of religions in the world in terms of their, where's it come from? What's the purpose of it? What's it do for us? There's probably a lot of stuff there, but it's like, if everyone was sitting around and saying like two plus two is three, no two plus two is five, no two plus two is this, that like, okay, is it possible that we're all wrong? Is it possible if we all have different answers? Is it possible we're all wrong? Is it possible that someone's right? Sure. But we don't, how can we discern it? So I think separating yourself from all the other options leaving you with just the way that you think is very limiting, just very limiting and dangerous and creates this reactionary thing of like, Oh, that's what I believe. I got to share it without looking into who wrote that. What are the, what's the data? Like what's the, let me me slow down. Like this life's fast. Like I don't, I don't have to repost this. Why do I have to go so fast to like repost this? Why don't I take a minute? Where's this coming from? Right. You know? 
so those are just some thoughts there with it. And again, and you know, I want to say we're not on the high horse here. Like we probably fall victim to this stuff and we don't even know it at times. I think the key I is certainly do. The key is is to know what you don't know. Like know your faults sort of and where you can improve so that you can be more assess assessful. No. Be have more be more forensic. Be more forensic. I think the fact that we live in a day and age where everything is so fast and our attention span is so slow, we develop, you know, I'm I'm going through tons of biases here. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's where the less that the less that you know, the more confident you tend to be. It's when you really start digging in and doing your own research and reading, the more you know that you become less confident that you're entirely true. And that is scary for a lot of people. And I think that's why people don't go digging because it's just so much easier to believe what you've been presented on the surface. Yeah, man, it's it's confusing. And everyone has an argument for every certain thing or uh, here here's an here's a great story. Want to share can we share a great story? We absolutely can. All right, I'm going to put on some I'm going to take you back to 2002. I went to Israel with my parents. And part of that Israel trip um, was Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. And then we took a uh, car to Jordan. Jordan is an Islamic state. They've been in a peace treaty with Israel for a long time. So it was a safe uh, travels. Uh, you've probably seen the uh, pictures and photos of Petra. It's was part of Indiana Jones. It's that temple that it's carved out of the canyon walls. That is in Jordan, and it's called Petra. We had a uh, um, Muslim tour guide who was driving us around, and we had the best time. We're all laughing. My family, my dad, everyone's laughing. We're having a great time for hours, eight hours a day. We're, We're going through all of Jordan. We're seeing the sights, and we go to this hookah bar and have dinner. And my dad and this driver get into a talk about some of the Middle Eastern Israeli conflicts, uh, the Palestinians and Judaism and Israelis. They're talking about a certain event, a certain event that broke out into violence. And they both had completely different starting points, different different precedents to the the onslaught of violence and they got a little bit heated in this meal which was uncomfortable to say the least in a in a foreign country mm-hmm. but my dad was steadfast based on the new york times articles and the articles he read from uh, america who's a very israeli supportive of what happened first and why this has happened and then kept backtracking well this happened first and this happened that and that 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 and this gentleman as well was like, no, well, we did that because of this and we did that and this. So they're talking about the same event and they're having a conversation, which is maybe a lost art form, but they're, it just blew me away that these two somewhat educated men in terms of the topic had completely different viewpoints about the reality or the facts or the actuality, or maybe they're both right. But depending on what you're fed and what your viewpoint is, it was completely conflicting. Mm-hmm. And I work with kids. I work with middle school kids. And I can't tell you how similar it is where there's like, there's, there's three sides to a story. We've all heard the cliche. It's like his side and her side and the truth. You know, there's, there's the three points here and we might never know what those, those true points are or what actually happened if we're there. And I tell kids all the time, and this might be a good piece of advice for us in a sense, like to hold loosely is, you know, a kid could come to me, Seth, you could come to me and go, Hey, uh, I heard, I heard Nooch was like, I, he's talking bad about me. Like he he's making faces. I heard my friend told me Nooch is making faces behind my back. And I can't tell you how many times I just simply go like, hey, you know, if you weren't there, 
like you don't know exactly what happened. You don't know the tone that your friend's using. You don't know the grudge that your friend has against Nooch to create drama. You don't know the clickbait article he's trying to make to to get his post to go. Like you don't know the all the little parts about it, the the allies, the teammates, the whatnot that are creating these stories that are have the goals of people reading them, watching them, sharing them, whatever it is. Sometimes you have to take a step back and be like, wow, I'm I'm not there. So I'm not going to hold this person's post as gospel. I'm going to try to do a little bit more research. I'm going to slow down before I jump to, you know, making this my viewpoint as well and posting in front of people as well. Like this is the stance I'm taking because it hit home with you. That was a mm-hmm. long-winded story, but I think it's very interesting that the, just the, the myths or disinformation that can occur and people feel like they're so right about the issue. But clearly when you had those two opposite sides about a historical event, neither were right. It can't be, or they're so both what's right. the remedy. The remedy is what they were doing, which was, let's say on a scale of 10 of anger, they're about a six of maybe frustrated, maybe frustrated that their points weren't heard, but we talked all dinner, talked all dinner and they drove us home and we shook hands and said our goodbyes. And maybe they were like, Hey, we're not going to be pen pals for the rest of our lives. You know, the beginning of the the day was better than the end of the day. However, they, they talked it out. And my hope was, and I, I recall my dad saying this is like, he was just kind of confused. Like, huh? Like I never heard that viewpoint. I had my articles. I had my thoughts. I see that person's lens a little bit better. And I can respect that because they're going through it differently than I am, you know? And I think that is what we can do. And I feel like what you said to responsibility is the ability to respond. Like you have a responsibility to contain slow, yourself first yeah, of all. Slow down. Don't act emotionally, act rationally. Be a little bit more stoic and be like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this. I'm gonna look deeper. Yeah. I, I'm turned off immediately by clickbait uh like article titles. Like that to me is a huge red flag right off the top. You know, like, okay, there's a different motive here. This isn't I about think news. knowing the motive is important too. I mean, you yeah. mentioned too, we, we were chatting about it today, that video that you or I may have disagreed on a bit. I, I remember I said to you at the end, I said, are you selling merch at the end of this? <laughs> right? Like, I, I bought you some. <laughs> selling merch at the end of this, like you got to kind of work backwards. Like what's the motive too? And I yeah. also, you know, we've talked a lot about disinformation and misinformation. And I want to clarify the two. So disinformation is when people intentionally create false or misleading information to make money or political influence or to cause trouble. So that's disinformation. And misinformation is when people share that because they don't realize it's false or misleading or because they're trying to help or appeal or feel like they're being part of the community. So they're very different. Disinformation is created with motive and misinformation is haphazardly shared with the best interests in mind. Hmm. I, I get that. Right? Thanks, thanks for the clarification. Just though. to clarify, because we've thrown those two words out a lot. I think also, you know, that cliche saying, you know, there's your truth, my truth, and the actual truth. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Um, but I think the goal is for both parties to get as close to the middle as possible in any situation. There's some situations that are very radical and difficult where you're just never going to see eye to eye, especially if I want to also clearly state there's times with certain situations or events where definitely one side is in the wrong. Yeah. It's very clear. For all other issues that are more gray area, I think getting as close to that middle as we can through, like you said, conversation, doing our own research, digging deeper, being okay with being 
potentially wrong when you go digging. I think that gets us closer to the middle. And I think the closer we are as individuals, as political parties, as families, or whatever you want to, whatever you want to say, I think the closer we can get to that middle truth is, is when you start to see more peace and happiness in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think staying calm and not being triggered, you can find a lot of common ground. You know, if, if you had a hunter at a table and a vegan at a table, it might start off pretty, uh, pretty nasty. It could, it has the potential to. But if you found values between the two, like the hunter goes, listen, I, I hunt because I am appalled by uh, meat markets and uh, farm factory beef and the way they treat animals and whatnot. And I am, I am living off of one elk for a year. Mm-hmm. And that is my choice. Like I, I'm not ready to give up meat. I, for that reason, I, I want it in my diet. But we do agree that some aspects of this are horribly wrong, and I'm doing it in a way that's different than you. And he could argue, like, oh, so you're a vegan. So how many, how many beings would? have to be killed to plow an entire field of vegetables or wheat. Right. If we can, if we go down this path, like we can make arguments either way, but you can find a common ground in terms of like, Hey, we're, we're both doing something for the betterment of animals. And I know we have our views on which way is better and which way is not, but we are both trying to at least not take part in the the corporate factory farming of animals right and in that example i think that's where winning in that scenario is being able to both show mutual respect and being able to mm-hmm. walk away knowing that each person is doing what they think is absolutely best for a common ground yeah right yeah you know, I, I that's a great example because I myself am vegetarian, but I have mad respect for hunters. You know, yep. I have I have a a friend who's a hunter, and and he always explains to me he's one of the most connected with nature that I know. Yep, and is one of the biggest appreciators of animals and wildlife and nature. And he he said something to me one time that that really resonated with me. He says the animals that I shoot. I've had a great life and a really bad 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's a lot better than veal that's tied to a mm-hmm. chain from the time it's born. Right. So if you're eating that, you can't go and say that hunting is bad. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that this whole dialogue or exercise or example comes down to different perspectives and allowing yourself to get into the the viewfinder of different perspectives and and keyword understand yeah and i i'm pretty i'm pretty out there in 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 nature wise and like look let's let's take a bigger scope let's like move out of you know, me, 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 and in my way, and the Western way, and the U.S. Like, there's so much variance, and you learn. I'm watching a whale documentary uh, after our our good friend Slater Moore. Uh, now I'm obsessed, but um, I'm watching a whale documentary, and it becomes very clear. Like, Jesus, like oh, the the humans are awful to each other, and we do awful things, but it. So does the killer whale. Like they're doing horrible things to this baby gray whale. And not that we have the we have the morality to say like what is right or wrong, but maybe if you back out, it's like there's a little bit less to me. I'm not if someone says like this is my belief, I'm kind of like, okay, like that's it's weird that you have such a strong belief. Cause like this is 
this is nature. They were like, we're a speck in the, the entire universe. And everywhere we look, there's like this, this weird sort of life and death struggle everywhere. So for me, I just take a step back often. If, uh, if like there's a strong opinion and I'm like, that's, it's just weird that we have like such strong opinions as humans. So I think you can kind of step back sometimes and be like, where does, where does this programming come from? You know, is it, is it my parents' view? Is it my grandparents? Is it passed down generation after generation? Is it religious views? Is it, um, you know, schooling? Like where, where does all this come from and kind of dissolve it back down to trying to figure out where you truly sit and where you're coming from and understanding that people, everyone has different upbringings and live in different countries and different states and have different things. We think in the U S baiting is horrific, a cancelable offense. If you're baiting animals for wildlife photos, fine. Okay. But in Europe, uh, I'm told and have heard that it is completely normal. Am I right saying that? I don't want to misspeak. But they think that's well. I mean, when there's four grizzly bears in front of you, your camera, it's yeah. Unless you're in like Bristol Bay, Alaska, it's frustrating. But uh, but that's okay to them. And there's no like, oh, this is wrong or we're breaking the rules. It's just okay. So again, the same the same action with different beliefs attached to them that are made by humans. I, I it's just it's strange to me. So I sort of I get. Maybe I get turned off by like super strong opinions. I don't know, but I think the what turns from that is a uh, a slowness. A like, where's this coming from, right? And empathy, and like, okay, I'm trying to see their viewpoint, and maybe there's some common ground that we can work towards together, or, or learn from each other. And and it, it, what's also important is it if there's no way to find common ground. It's okay to walk away. Yeah. You don't need to convert everyone. No, that's the worst. That you know, it's very work. important that people come to their own realizations yeah. of certain things on their own. When's the, when's the last time you saw a social media argument about like, no right wing, no left wing. Oh, and the you're guy right. Was like, the guy was like, you know what? I yeah. think right wing. <laughs> Never. I agree. Never. Yeah, never, never doesn't rarely happens. I've seen some nice, nicely written uh, comment sections where people are getting into it. Uh, they're appropriate, but no one's ever like, "Hey, actually, that's a." I'm gonna, I'm gonna let down my ego and be vulnerable in front of all the a billion users and be like, right. "Yeah, you know what? I'm, I was wrong. You're right." Because no one wants to be wrong. So, I mean, good, no. good closing remarks. I think in the, in the digital age of mis and disinformation, I think it's important to. I'm going to go through kind of the, the hot points of this episode. Yes, please. Do your best to not react. Do as, consume as much research as you can and, you're the, and that you have time for. And if you don't have time for a lot, try not to deem yourself an expert, right? Avoid that bias. I think trying to find that middle ground when you're in a disagreement with someone trying to get as close to the middle of the actual truth, the absolute truth that neither of you have in your own opinion, trying to get as close to the middle of that as possible. Yes. I, I think slowing down, uh, be critical in your thinking. Uh, don't react so much to like, oh, I like that post. Like maybe, especially with stats and statistics and things like that, maybe right. take take a step Take a step back and... It's very easy for sources to make themselves look legit with large follower counts, with official logos and adding yeah. news to the end of it. And you can you can do this test. You can Google. I'm trying to think of an example, but you can you can Google why why being a vegan is great. You can Google why being a vegan is awful and you will get both answers. So your your bias is already there in terms of your searches at times, and you will be fed. It, that's they talk about this as like a dangerous sort of channeling where people have a hard time, and and I get why. Like I do too, because you look for what you look for, but like getting out of their their own channels of their beliefs and looking elsewhere and trying to hear the whole story and hear other people's views. 
that can be uncomfortable. Uh, so people like to hear what they already believe and build on those beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe if you're conscious about it, though, I think that's point number two and a half or wherever we are. If you're conscious about that, you can check like, oh, oh, this is my belief. I'm like, I'm, I'm like super reacting. Like I want to prove that I'm right in my belief. I'm going to repost this. All right. Let, wh- what am I reposting? You know, what am I, what am I sharing here? Oh, that's from some person like that is a, a college student in Kansas. No offense to Kansas. I'm just throwing out a state. Kansas has uh, left the chats. <laughs> Kansas, our one aunt Tracy from Kansas is gone. You really like the aunt Tracy example. I do. Very I do. funny. Very she funny. listens. She listens. You know, so that that's one yeah. thing. How's this tie into... I don't know if there's an answer here, but how does this tie into photography? It ties into photography because you're going to come across people with certain kinds of opinions in your genre that you disagree with that present Mm -hmm. conflicting or controversial items or, or information. And just being online on your phone recommended YouTube videos, you know, what comes up on your Twitter feed. There's it's unavoidable. So I try my best to make sure I have as good of a defense as possible to remain unbiased. And this is this sort of 45-50 minute episode today is my inner thoughts of how I protect myself. And again, this is, you know, this is you and I spewing our thoughts. It's not gospel. But this is what you and I do, I think, to try and stay level-headed, to try and stay less reactive, to try and stay mentally healthy, to try and make sure that what we choose to or not share is serving a a good purpose, in our view. So I think it ties into photography because you're on your phone sharing to social media platforms. You're going to come across it. And when you see something that really rattles you, for I know for most people, when something really rattles you, it sits with you for the better part of a day. And I think yeah. it's important to try and minimize that time that it affects you so that you can get back to being your best self and working on your website or, or editing that photo. Because if you're in a shitty state, you're going to create a shitty product. I sure... I truly believe that and that's why i try personally to spend as little time in that mind frame as possible so that's how it ties into photography yeah i i totally hear that and you know we were brought up with a a certain situation recently and i'm i'm proud of how the group kind of handled it and fizzled before reacting cuz it was touch and go for a minute and we were confronted with someone that we looked up to uh having some unpopular views you know with with our just our viewpoint very much so very much so and there was a lot of like knee-jerk reactional sort of like i want to do this i want to go nuts on this and and like we all kind of checked ourselves and slowed it down and we're like this is one person with views like we don't this is harmful views i will say Harmful views, and that's not, not even up for debate. Very harmful. Yeah, not not appropriate, but it's 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 their it's their thing. And like, what are we doing to better the world versus just attacking people? And like, let's slow down and and just have a bigger picture and a bigger conversation with it. And that kind of got derailed by world war three, apparently. So, uh, <laughs> I guess there were yeah, bigger my, things on the horizon, my but God, um, I can't even imagine my heart is so heavy for, yeah, for Ukraine and find, yeah. go look up something positive in the world today. Make sure you're doing your positivity stuff and your gratitude journal wins at the end of the day. That's been very important for me. Um, feeling kind of helpless, you know, for, for people that are, thousands of miles away across the world. Um, you know, there's ways you can help. You can donate. But I think it's also important to to keep your your head in check. You can't help others 
you know, apply your own oxygen mask first. You gotta, be, you can't yeah. help others unless you're you're taking care of yourself. And I think that's where the, the the heaviness of the tone of this has come from. I mean, there's I no secret so what's going on in the world and how we can be affected by news. Um, you know, affected by having a pleasant life. I'm, I have a very pleasant life day to day, despite yeah, no kidding. Lots of things that are going on in the world. Um, you look anywhere, almost if you really want to look. There, there's lots of things that can make you shake your head, um, but. I want to say too, it's it's okay to have conflicting feelings at the same time, or or cognitive dissonance, where you you you're allowed to enjoy life and feel comfortable, and also have empathy for people and compassion mm-hmm. and and try to help. It doesn't ha- you don't have to beat yourself up on top of it. Like, oh, I- that's been me feeling almost like a survivorship guilt. Like, uh, why why do I get to have you know? Why does my house not get to get obliterated by a missile? You know, there's for, for a while there, even still, yeah. I, I haven't even wanted to post. Yeah. Because this has really been an eye opener for me. I, I mean, I'm going to post about what I had for lunch today. Really? You post about what you had for lunch? I don't, but an example. Yeah. No, you know, it's been tough I and I, it's made me want to not even, this isn't a pity story. I'm just telling you, the effect of something like this has had and and really even checked my privilege yeah. to, to be in a safe place with running water, with food, with a secure family that's not under threat of being destroyed at any imminent minute. Yeah. So I think I, going into the weekend, really people listening, really carry yourself with that. Yeah. And I do I do think there there is a place for staying in a place of beauty and creativity and allowing people to see those moments to have a laugh or to see something beautiful when you are bombarded with the negativity and and evil in the world mm-hmm. for as long as we've been alive you could look and point your lens anywhere and see horrific events happening to other humans throughout all of history. And you can also point your lens and seeing these amazing things. And it's important to see the amazing things. Otherwise it becomes a lot of doom and gloom and a lot of depression. And that does not help the evil side or I should say that doesn't stop the evil side. It might propagate it or make it go Beyond, if we all become sort of paralyzed in in fear and depression and sadness, without showing and pushing for things that are beautiful as well, and sharing that, um, yeah, is it a little insensitive at times to do certain things? Sure, uh, but as creatives and artists, people people are looking at your page for a certain reason for a certain view, for a certain animal, for a certain experience, for a certain creative endeavor, they want to see it. And I think now maybe more than ever, interesting point, you can have compassion for what's going on. It doesn't mean you're not aware. It doesn't mean, if anything, it means you're showing gratitude for the life that you do have and are sharing it with people that may want to see that and take a 30 second time out to look at your reel of, um, you know, an Eagle taking off and right. be like, Whoa, that's unbelievable. That, right. your that art can be nice a moment of peace. Bright. Yeah. So I, I encourage staying in that frequency of beauty and creativity, staying in that frequency of love and showing it and expressing it and not putting yourself in the shadow of like, I can't do this thing because other people are suffering. Mm-hmm. That was very much, this sort of still is and very much has been me. Mm-hmm. I will share that with listeners. Yeah, I've, I felt that we've talked a, a bunch. Um, you know, it, it, it's tough to do at times. It feels trivial. It feels silly. But you don't know. You don't know what your... Uh, 12,000 followers, you don't know what one of them 
might smile from seeing one of your photos, Seth, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. or, or have a moment of peace or be like, oh, that's, oh, that's a really, I want to travel there. One, give them hope, give them inspiration, something um, right. across the world. And it's not just the conflict that's going on there. There's, there's plenty of conflicts going on around the world. There's plenty of horrific things happening within our country, you know, without, outside our country, ev- right. everywhere. There's one very scary potential uh, war situation with Russia and Ukraine that is on the forefront of our minds. But uh, at any time we could focus on, you know, the evil in the world and be locked up. So that's just, again, another perspective and take it for what you will. But the frequency of, of love is what we need to keep going. Keep going, bud. Absolutely. Good episode. Um, reminder for everyone to... We're coming up on the 100th episode, two weeks yes. from now. Ample time to share up to three stories or three episodes in your Instagram story. Tag Aaron and I and provide a link to the episode. And you'll be inter- entered to potentially win 100 bucks, which is pretty damn cool. It's our way of saying thank you to everyone who listens and uh, shout out again to Random Life and Pixels for yeah, DM Artwork. Awesome shot. Nice owl, man. Aaron, good, good chatting with you. Hey, you too. This is a good episode. <laughs>